This is the MDRT Podcast. All advisors have stories about going above and beyond. That could be meeting extremely early in the morning, driving really far, or supporting clients in even more ways than usual. During a recent conversation at MDRT headquarters, Russ Clausing, Downers Grove, Illinois. Yaakov Bayless, Chicago, Illinois. Ed Burnett, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Shared moments that will show how far they will go to help. Earlier in my, and to some extent still today, we, we did a lot of uh, target marketing in different industries or different associations. So uh, one of those groups that we courted were in the waste hauling business. So they start their days pretty early and they end relatively early in the afternoon. And then when they end in the afternoon, those guys don't hang around, they're gone. So this client had a super early start date for his guys. So they run out and start their routes. And when we took over a lot of the group benefits, the 401k and the health insurance, I said, yeah, when do you do your employee meetings? And he says, yeah, three in the morning. I said, great, I'll be there. So <laughs> it was an early day for me too. I, I quit too at two o'clock. But yeah, I mean, if a client has that kind of a, particularly a business, has those kinds of restraints, or if you need to schedule a conference call because it's a different time zone and we have the technology now to do that, I'm happy to oblige as long as it's within that realm as we talked about and client expectations and what have you. But to some degree, you take that on. If you know you've got a client which might be based in Chicago, but they've got staff in California or out on the East Coast, and you need to make that phone call a little earlier than you would start your day with or maybe a little bit later, I mean, on occasion, you can build that in and take care of them. What do you remember from that experience? That it was a ghost town as you were driving there? You know, it was neat from the perspective of everything was empty. I mean, it just flew out to this guy's location. Normally, it would take like an hour to get there if we were driving out there. It's half hour, no traffic, nothing's lit up, nothing's going on. I mean, you do see things differently when you're doing that. And I think the staff there was genuinely surprised that somebody would show up to do the enrollment. They were used to the HR person kind of sporadically going through the benefits. So just trying to kind of check the boxes and get the meeting over with. And I was able to kind of go through and tell them exactly what they had and how the plan worked, how to best use the plan. And I, I think they appreciated that. Flip side of that is I do see a lot now, particularly with 401k and retirement planning, 401k clients in particular, where you're dealing with employees, what their level of expectation is to A, have the meeting on the clock versus meeting after work or at a lunch break or whatever, almost as if it's an obligation of the employer to provide that service to them. So I think the employee's mentality has changed over the 20 years or so since that last happened. Uh, I've done many crazy things in my early career. I would be willing to go anywhere to see anyone. So uh, I once had an orphan lead out in Cleveland and their term policy was running out. They wanted to see someone and I decided I'll make the trip. So that's from Chicago to Cleveland. That's about a six hour drive. I was single at the time. I did it. Just a standard case, going over and beyond seeing the person. Was it worth it? Was it worth doing? Probably not, I wouldn't do it today. But the part of me that says, go ahead and see the person, and yeah, in the end, the person got declined. However, the good news was I was able to get the application re-looked at. She was declined because she was needed a hysterectomy, and once it was completed, we were able to look at it. They wouldn't do it needing it. 
But when she proved that she was back to normal, got it. So we did get that case in. No major case. Other things, uh, people know I'll travel. So another advisor said to me, Yakov, I have this lead in Ohio. I'm not licensed there. I want you to have it. They need something done. And this was out in the Cincinnati area. And uh, I called the client and determined that he needed some coverage. We talked about it, and it's a replacement case. The company really doesn't want you to do it through the mail when it's that type, and I figured it would be worth meeting him. So this is when I did have a family. Instead of making it just a trip like that, what we did instead is my wife's from Pittsburgh. We made a trip to Pittsburgh with a stop in the Cincinnati area met up with her family, had a nice event, ran a few uh, meetings out that way, and uh, did end up getting that application too, and that one to go through. So, cases have been done, we're, uh, I'll, I'll make the visit and I will actually see the person. They hear you're out of town, you're not gonna come, that's not true. If we need to do it in person, yeah, I'll be there that's okay. Uh, I just was on a vacation in DC and a client of mine who passed away one of the kids is a beneficiary who lives in that area and I figure okay well as long as I'm on vacation I might as well see you in person. I think they appreciate that I would go out and see them when I'm already there so I do things that are I would say not what you would typically see. So the story I'm going to share is, first, I'm, I'm not breaching confidentiality because my friends have expressly told me it's okay to share this story, but I have good friends of mine from my church, Dean and Kathy, and our tagline at the business is, we're there when life happens. Well, life happened to them in, in a multitude of ways a handful of years ago. Dean had worked for a company, a local big company and he had just experienced a downsize, so he was one of the folks that got let go. The weekend after he got let go, overnight he came down with a terrible sickness, vomiting pain, abdominal pain, which took him to the hospital in the middle of the night, and they discovered that he had a gallbladder attack. So during the course of them attempting to fix what they needed to fix, he ended up having a clog in what's called his common bile duct. So your pancreas, your kidneys, and your gallbladder, I think, is what drain into your common bile duct. They couldn't control the circumstance, so they put him in a medically induced coma, and he was there for about 11 days. During the course of that time, he became septic. His kidneys went into failure, and they thought that his pancreas was beginning to necrotize or, or consume itself. He was 42, three kids, his oldest from birth has cerebral palsy. So there's challenges in their world to begin with. So they decided to flight for life him to uh, freighter Milwaukee. And upon arrival, they told Kathy that he had a 50% chance of survival. So it's emotional just because they're friends. So where I came into this mix is being their friends first and their advisor. Um, Dean was the breadwinner. Kathy stayed home, worked hard, just didn't have full-time work outside of the house. Dean was the breadwinner. He was the bill payer. And now life happened to him. 
So during the course of this episode, Kathy came to me at one time and she's like, well, what about the bills? I said, well, what about the bills? Who does your budget? Well, Dean handles it all. So, well, what kind of income does he have? I don't know. Well, where does your mortgage get paid? I don't know. She didn't know. And as I've done this business, and I'm sure you guys can attest, there's a lot of instances where one person or the other handles all of this stuff. And that's the person that life happens to first. So I went with Kathy. Thank God they had a financial power of attorney because she and I accompanied her to the bank where she thought Dean had his accounts. And of course, as you know, the personal banker can't legally state whether or not he even has a deposit account there, right? So we met with a personal banker that had a degree of compassion. She called home office, got an online password reset, said we've got a client in the room here and we need to get this done, and helped Kathy get his bank accounts reset so that at least she can have access to them. In the weeks that went on, I helped her in her home in the times where she wasn't visiting him at the hospital, I helped her figure out how to pay the bills. I helped her figure out, well, what are the mortgage payment? What kind of income does he have? What was the severance package, right? And to go through those hoops, I essentially, from an emotional perspective, I cleared my calendar for three weeks. And I just wasn't able to focus on other things. I wanted to devote all of my attention for whatever that she needed. And he ended up not dying. He did survive. Uh, he was in hospital a total of 17 days. He lost 46 pounds. So luckily he had a few, a couple extra LBs going in. Um, but his circumstance I share with people all the time because to help people understand that if, again, you can do a lot of this stuff for yourself. You can figure all these details out, but at a bare minimum, Make sure you have a place in the house where you got your online passwords. It's a secret place that only you and your bride know where they're at or you and your spouse knows where it is. They can go to that book on page 100 and there's the cheat sheet with all the logins, right? Getting people organized. We help people with a three ring binder that all of our clients get. It's not about what you have, it's about knowing what your money can do for you. And if you don't even know where the deposit accounts are and where the mortgage gets paid, and it's not, I don't say this to shame anybody that lives in this type of a circumstance or leaves their lives this way, but just to express how important it is to know these details, know where they are. It's fine to trust that your spouse takes care of it, but know where they are and have somebody that you can go to that can help you work through these details. I remember the day that they took Dean by way of helicopter and they told him that he's got a 50-50 chance, right? I called Kathy because we were getting to be about 30 days since he left his employer and as we insurance professionals know there's a portability feature on group life insurance and it's as far from free as possible. It's very expensive. However, he had a large life insurance policy through the group so I had to call Kathy and I said, Kathy, I hate to have this discussion with you right now. You're up there checking him in. We need to get a hold of his employer, you need to put me in contact with the HR folks because we got to understand what the portability options are for his group life insurance. And we need to be able to find the money to write a quarterly or a monthly check to pay for that because if he gets dead, you're going to wish you had that money. And we're all praying that he pulls through. But it's, it's those kinds of calls that I knew we had to make the call, but I sure didn't want to call her. 
but I had to call her. I have a responsibility to make sure she understands what those details are. She's just trying to focus on her husband. And by the way, she's got kids at home that one of them is, is a 24-7 need. So it was the, the things that I learned through that case, and, and we talked a lot about time management and trying to meet with as many people as possible. There's every now and again, you may be faced with a circumstance where you might be compelled to clear your calendar. Well, you know what? God's gonna provide for me in the time ahead, and if I can't meet with any people during those two or three weeks, and this is the one focus that I'm gonna focus on, then I just have to trust that I'm gonna be able to provide for my family in the year ahead and be able to focus on them wholeheartedly without even that as a consideration. So that was probably one of my most difficult, well, it was, was the most difficult circumstance that I've dealt with since doing this business. That's the end of this month's episode. If you'd like to subscribe, you can find us on SoundCloud and Spotify at MDRT Podcast. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.